Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD just got diagnosed. Are you a pseudo-expert? With us in our virtual studio is Linda Rogley. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Jan, can you introduce our guests? Jeff, Linda Rogley is our guest today. Linda is a professional certified coach with the designation PCC. She's an award-winning author and founder of the AD Diva Network for ADHD Women 40 and Better. She's an internationally recognized expert in midlife and senior ADHD. She co-founded the annual ADHD Women's, ADHD Parents, and ADHD Couples Paloozas, which attract more than 20,000 viewers worldwide. She also created the popular ADHD Get Organized program that features live organizing sessions and she hosts annual luxury beach retreats for ADHD women. Linda's book, Confessions of an AD Diva, Midlife in the Nonlinear Lane, won first prize for women's issues in the prestigious Next Generation Indie Book Awards competition. She shares the webinar committee for ADDA and lives in Durham, North Carolina with her slightly OCD husband, (laughs) one OCD cat, four adorable ADHD Shelties, and 12 highly productive hens. Find more information about Linda at addiva.net and adhdpalooza.com. And Jeff, we're glad to have Linda with us today. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. 
I uh, always love having you on, and it's been too long since we've had you on, so I'm I'm oh excited gosh. about this. It's, it it's, has uh, been a long time, so thank you for <laughs> thinking of me again. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, the history of Attention Talk Radio, we're up in our 13th year right now. It's kind of funny because it's, wow. it's a little bit of a... It's a little bit of a blur in one respect, but I kind of remember some of our sh- first shows done a long time ago with you. It was it was really really good content and uh, oh yeah, and evergreen cool. content. So yep, yeah, so, great. All right, so t- tonight we're talking about people who just got diagnosed and this, the notion of their like the pseudo expert. Um, let's just kind of dive in. Getting that diagnosis is is for some people very like a eureka kind of a euphoric experience. Talk to us about that yeah. from your perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people have different, in my experience, people have different reactions. Some people are feel full of regret because why didn't I know it earlier and all that stuff. Some people are really angry. Why didn't someone diagnose it? Some people are depressed. Oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with me. But some people, and many of us, at least for a moment, have that moment of, oh, my gosh, this is the answer. I finally figured it out. Someone finally understands me, and I give in all these pieces that have been floating out there, come together, and they finally feel like, ah, now this is really me. There's a problem in that moment, and and believe me, I I love having that moment. We call that the aha moment, and you know a lot about that because you do (laughs) aha a lot in your work. Um, Now a lot of those people feel like they're entitled to share all that joy and all that knowledge and inside information with everybody else, and they become this amazing pseudo-expert. Let me tell you all about ADHD. It's everywhere. It's on Instagram. Uh It's on TikTok. It's everywhere. Sometimes they set up their own website. It's like, let me me enlighten you, right? Yep. (laughs) Own website or even write a book sometimes. Exactly. This is my experience. And, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is all over the place, and there's a lot of pseudo-experts. Yeah, But exactly. there's a little danger in that because it's like they know a little bit about something, but they don't know a lot mm-hmm. about it. So sometimes a little exactly. knowledge is actually kind of dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, I'm, um, what I wanted to say about that was, I'm sorry, there's a, a thunderstorm going on here, and my dogs want to bark at it. So apologies. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm like stuttering a little bit. But problem is is that they it's not really a problem. It's okay to know about your ADHD. It's okay to share it with other people, but it's kind of like um letting the inmates run the asylum. It's mm-hmm. not that they know what it, the experience is on the inside, but they don't really know much about the, the real treatment. They know about their own experience and their own ADHD, but it's not universal. I think we talked before we got on today, Jeff, about um, Dr. Kenny Handelman, who's a psychiatrist just outside of Toronto, told me years ago that he took every combination and permutation of the descriptors of ADHD in the DSM-IV. That's the Diagnostic Statistical yep. Manual. It was a couple of versions ago, but he took all all of them and put them together and came up with 6,000, 7,000 different combinations and permutations of ADHD before you add in gender and socioeconomic background and education and culture and all of the other things that go along with it. And you talked to someone who came up with an even higher number, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, Dan Pruitt years ago, he came up with 18,000. And, and you're showing yeah. those other things, but you're also, you're not even adding in uh, cobordmid conditions and the severity exactly. of the different symptoms. And, and I think your point really is, is when you've seen one person with ADHD, you've seen one person with ADHD. They all manifest completely different. Am, am I misrepresenting Absolutely. that? No. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I, I don't think so, but I think there are some commonalities. 
there are mm-hmm. some things that are that feel like, oh yeah, I understand you because you have ADHD. We do, we both do the same things. Mm-hmm. So there's baseline commonalities, but not everybody runs late. Some people yep. are on time or early. Maybe because they're overcompensating, maybe because they learned how to do that when they were younger or their parents helped them be on time. Not everybody's disorganized. I talk to mm-hmm. people who with ADHD who are super organized. Not everybody's a chatty Cathy. They might be inattentive instead of hyperactive. So it's not, it's not one size fits all. It's very individual, which is the problem, the issue with People who are trying to be a pseudo-expert, they know about their ADHD. And what I will say, on, to, to their credit, they often have followers or people who are, who are paying attention to what they're saying who add their comments in. But generally, it's a really good place to get support, and it's mm-hmm. a really good place to get validation for who you mm-hmm. are. It's not a great place to find out new information about ADHD. The experts, like you and like me, I'll, I'll modesty aside, but uh, many, many, many others out there have done the research. They have the experience with many, many, many different kinds of folks with ADHD, and they're from that, from that experience can then have a broader base of knowledge. And, mm-hmm. and when, when you have somebody who was diagnosed last week and who suddenly says, oh, my gosh, I get it. I've done all, I've mm-hmm. done all of the Internet and I've scoured all these places. The problem is that, and I keep saying this, there's a problem. It's not a serious problem unless someone follows advice that takes them down the wrong path. And you and I know that there is a tremendous amount of misinformation about ADHD out there. Um, some people are trying to cure it with, you know, turning around and dancing three times and balancing on a board and all that kind of good stuff. Or, or you need to change your diet. And there may be some validity to that, but there's not gold standard peer-reviewed research that backs it up. And I know that sometimes peer-reviewed research follows anecdotal evidence, but I'd really rather have it be solid. Um, like there, I, I know that, um, that the alternatives to traditional treatment, traditional meaning, you know, mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy, medication, et cetera, et cetera, coaching, et cetera, um, and, and creating strategies, the things like biofeedback and those kind of things may help some people, and it may be, may be just the. I, I think it's going to work, so I, so I, so it does work, right? Yeah. Um, but in in double blind studies, it has shown to not be very effective. So mm-hmm. you have to look at this whole picture here, and again, at that placebo effect may work for some folks, but learn it from someone who actually knows and says, yes. okay, this may work for you. And I would be really happy if it works, so try it. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to cost you some money, but it's not going to hurt. But if someone's promoting something that's an alternative, for instance, and they just were diagnosed, they really don't have the education behind them or years of experience the way, and again, modesty aside, the way the two of us do and many of our colleagues. I tell you what, I want to kind of go to a break because I want to kind of turn and, and, and there's a lot here that I, that I can expound upon. But before we go into our break, number one, you know, getting that diagnosis for many people is validation. It feels really good. Like I felt like I've been an outlier my entire life and you find out that you're not the only one that's there. And, you know, it is kind of an interesting experience because, as you said, there's regret, there's anger, there's depression, but there's a lot of that, that euphoria. So I want to hold that space. When we come back, I want to talk about labels and observations in the, in the context of what Lindy's talk about. For our, those that are um, trying to 
looking for the secret word tonight. It's pseudo, and it's spelled P-S-E-U-D-O. If you got dyslexia like me, you'd, you'd spell T-O, it S-U-D-O. T-O, which, not T-O. Thank you very much. And, but I'll take you to it. Um, for also, you're listening. You got to check out Linda's website at addiva.net. That's addiva.net. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Linda Rogley. Um, Longtime friend and very respected peer, um, having a conversation about if people that are just diagnosed and they kind of jump in the pool as pseudo experts. And before the break, Linda was talking. We were talking about like the different types of, of ADHD, the versions out there. And, and the thing that we did a show a couple of years ago, and we talked about labels. Labels are a really yeah. kind of cool thing because you name it, like, okay, we have, and we need labels sometimes to say that, like, Linda is a label or that's a label, like ADD is a label, <laughs> and we've got to have those labels yeah. sometimes to get accommodation stuff. But the problem with a label is once you label stuff, you quit paying attention to it. Yeah, and one, one of the things that I've had people do to kind of get this is think of the color red. If you can visualize the color red, it's interesting if you think about it because there's an infinite number of shades of red. Yet, when you say red, you begin to think of like a particular shade. And I think that kind of is a, a good way of describing kind of what you know, we're talking about here is when you become that pseudo-expert, you begin to judge ADD in the world from your perspective, and there's infinite number of shades. So I'm going to pause and, and, and get your thoughts on that as a, as a means to kind of help understand that it's, there's just not one size fits all. Does make sense? Absolutely. Well, and certainly I, I couldn't agree with you more. They used to say, um, and it's not so popular these days, but they used to say that ADHD and other um, mental health issues exist on a continuum. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what you're talking about. We're talking about yes. tints and shades of the same color here. So where one person may, their ADHD may be a huge problem for them. It really impacts their every single waking moment and sometimes their sleeping moments as well, as we well know. Um, and, and they're on the, on the extreme end. And unfortunately, a lot of folks on that extreme end are not the people who are going to be listening to your, um, to your podcast. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is that they've tried to self-medicate their ADHD, and they've ended up in the judicial system. And they're uh-huh. either you know, serving time and all that kind of good stuff, or they don't have access to the resources. So they don't, they're not able to treat it. And somebody said, oh, Adderall works. It's a, an amphetamine. I think I'll just buy some street amphetamine and it'll yes. be fine. Well, it, 
as we know, there's a lot of um, possible contamination, and you're not really know you don't really know exactly what the dose is. Sometimes people yes. say that about compounded um, pharmaceuticals is that you don't quite know how much is in that cream, and you're and you don't quite know how much you're putting on. The other end of the spectrum is people who. I, I hate to say it this way, but have a touch of ADHD. I mean, they're <laughs> diagnosable. It, it's don't get me wrong. It definitely affects their lives, but they have a little easier time um, either managing or or controlling is not a word I love, but controlling at least the outward symptoms that cause them problems. For instance, at work or in relationships. Or the other part of that is is that that continuum they may be on that end of the continuum not because their ADHD is worse or better, but because they have the support that they really needed and maybe they got it early. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's been proven over and over again that the earlier you intervene with ADHD treatments and and other things that we can you know con- strategies etc the easier life you have, which is why it's mm. difficult for a lot of us who are diagnosed later in life. And mm-hmm. no fault of anyone, people didn't know about ADHD when I was a kid, at least, and they didn't certainly didn't know about it for girls or women until much later. But I talk to women all the time because I mostly work with women. I talk to women all the time who are diagnosed later just because they were missed earlier. Yes. Inattentive ADHD particularly gets missed a lot. So when we intervene earlier with, oh, my gosh, yes, you need some extra support. You And, again, back to that label, oh, my gosh, parents often don't want that label on their sons and mm-hmm. daughters or, or non-binary children, or they don't want that label on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, honestly, Jeff, I think that had I known about my ADHD in elementary school, I think my attitude toward myself would have been different. Mm-hmm. I was... I was put into a gifted program, pull-out program, you know, it's like I did extra stuff with a small group of people. If I'd been in a pull-out group for ADHD, um, I I think that my attitude might have been there's something wrong with me, whereas when Mm -hmm. they put me in a gifted program, I thought, oh, there's something special about me in a good way. And believe yes. me, I didn't ask to be in it. I, I, they just said, you need to come with us. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, I wasn't <laughs> like, oh, I'm trying to get into the gifted program. Um, so it was something that they saw in me. It's too bad that they also didn't see the struggles that I had, which was uh-huh. staying up late and, you know, doing things at the last yes. minute. And my room was always a mess and all that stuff. So I was pretty classic ADHD. In fact, when I was diagnosed as an adult, and I didn't believe the diagnosis, I was a denier. <laughs> It's like, no, no, I couldn't possibly have this. I've got all these wonderful things going on in my life. Uh Let's hide all the other things, hide the things that we don't want to talk about. That's actually the word that the the diagnostician used on me. Oh, we do have classic ADHD symptoms. So (laughs) I'm right in the middle in there. I might be on the far end. Who knows? I'm the far end of Uh dark, dark, dark red, to use your analogy. Um, But it, it is very difficult, I think, to to acknowledge that you have ADHD and in fact I just talked yesterday to a group of women about whether they are out with their ADHD and some of them were and some of them were partially out with certain people and some of them were completely oh no I don't tell anyone there are like two or three people in my in my group who know what it Mm -hmm. is and that is that's a different kind of continuum right Mm -hmm. that's not that's not how much your ADHD affects you it's Oh my goodness! I don't. I. I'm a. It. It feels bad to me. And and I. I don't want to go off on a tangent on this, but I will say just briefly that that has everything to do 
with our our system of stigma about anything that's wrong with your brain. There's no stigma yes. about having diabetes. There's no stigma about ha- wearing glasses. But there is a stigma about ADHD in part because we all know it's the invisible kind of thing. It's like you got get diagnosed with ADHD. Great, you look just the same. <laughs> Nobody puts yeah. you in a wheelchair. You know, Absol- absolutely. <laughs> it's like okay, absolutely. from one day to the next. Oh, I guess I have ADHD. Again, so, kind of circling back to what we talked about before the break. That ah, oh, someone knows the answer, and then ah, uh, I know that I know the answer. Now what? Shouldn't I get it fixed? And shouldn't now that I know, can I fix it? Can't I buy a pair of the equivalent of buying a pair of glasses, put yep. it on, and now I can see twenty twenty? Doesn't work like that with ADHD, and it's unfortunate because we expect it to. Which is one reason I think we have so many people who are who are trying to say. This is this is it. You know, I I can now tell you everything with this pseudo expert. And, so, and yeah, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. So so one of, one of the things that I'm drawing out here is uh, that I want to make a point is it's great that you're diagnosed, and it's great mm-hmm. that 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 maybe even you've got some things in your life that's working for you, but I really want to draw out the pseudo expert. We got to be careful on two sides. One, if you are recently diagnosed and you think that you're an expert in it. Your expert may be in your version of it, and yeah. you need to be careful because um, you know, I did a, a thing with you on Women Palooza one time about working memory, and I was talking about how working memory manifests and how some people, if there's anything out, it's mental clutter, and they can't focus. They're distracted by it. Other people have to have things out because if they put it away, it's my, they might as well throw it in the trash because it's out of sight, out of mind. The point that I was making on it was it's a, it's a working memory issue, but it manifests in two completely opposite forms for different individuals. And if you have ADHD, you might be an expert in your version of it. You need to be careful about preaching it because you can confuse other people. On the other side of it, if you are listening to somebody who's been newly diagnosed that doesn't have a lot of background, you've got to take it with a grain of salt because all too often I hear people listening and jumping on that and they get more frustrated because whatever that person's saying that's supposed to work is not working for you and you feel like kind of double broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that make sense to you or did I articulate that or anything, Dad? Yeah, absolutely. I feel... I, I well I, I can't add anything to that. I feel I, I think you said it exactly the way it needs to be said. Um, we it, it, it's that it's that paradox, right? It's, yep. Ah yes, and then uh not so much. So <laughs> I, I I guess one of the thing one of the things I want to say before I know we're just going to stay on for just a short time today, but one of the yep. things I want to mention before we leave today is that. Um, those pseudo experts, or even if it's you, and you feel like now I now I think I understand it. I've done a little bit of research, and I think I get it. And okay, well, good, that's it. And I'm taking medication, perhaps, or I'm doing something with a coach, or whatever you're doing to take care of it. Um, I want you to remember that ADHD is serious business. It's not yes. trivial. It's not something that you just kind of say, oh well, I got that fluff, fluff, fluff. Now we got now we we've dealt with that next kind of thing. ADHD mm-hmm. stays with you your whole life, and even if you know people with ADHD who have kind of feel they kind of look like they're neurotypical and they've got it together, if you will. Not that we don't have it together. Please don't hear that. But um, <laughs> they're still dealing with their ADHD. I talked yes. to a woman the other day who is spending most of her time setting timers, making sure that she's doing this right, making sure, and it sounds like such rigidity to me, and it feels to me like she is she's doing it. She doesn't, she's organized, she's on time, she's all the things that people want us to be, 
but she's spending all of her energy working with the ADHD. And mm-hmm. that makes me sad because there needs to be a place in us that we can take a breath and say, you know what, I'm going to put my arm around my ADHD and I'm going to walk down the yellow brick road together. It's not an enemy. It actually mm-hmm. can be a friend, and it can be a friend that we may need to give a little extra support to. We may need to give it a jacket yeah. or something. We need to, may need to do something. But I want to go back to how serious this is because, I, as I say, I work mostly with women, but this is, this is true for men as well with ADHD. The suicide attempt and ideation is what they call it, thinking about suicide, and suicide completion is much higher for folks yes. with ADHD. And I... So if you think this is trivial and you think, okay, well, I got it and I can fix everybody else, please think again. Yep. If, you, if you are talking to someone with ADHD and you say, I get it, I can understand what you're going through, et cetera, et cetera, don't, don't assume that that person is going to mm-hmm. go home and say, okay, well, I got it fixed too. There are serious issues. And as you mentioned early in this conversation, there are a lot of what we call comorbidities like depression yes. and bipolar and all these other kinds of things that kind of are the sidecar things yes. they call um, to ADHD. They can all like. also impact the ADHD. So we, have, we tend to have more accidents. We tend to have our lifespan is a little shorter, partly because of accidents. We're distracted, for heaven's sake. Yes. So please, please, please take this seriously. And, and if you are... One of those people on Instagram that is saying, I know everything about ADHD, listen to me, please at least get your information from a a trusted source and do your own research because you can go to google.scholar and you can get all the original research. It's it's overwhelming for ADHD folks, but (laughs) we do it. And some of of the people in our our cadre of ADHD folks – do that research originally. Yep. So I'm just really, really yep. happy to promote them because Russ Ramsey yes. and, his, and his ilk are phenomenal. So absolutely, I think uh, Dr. Hollowell has said it. You know, if you get the proper, if you get proper diagnosis and treatment, you can live a very fulfilling life. If you don't, yeah. ADHD can kill you. And we have research that, that talks about life expectancy, so it, it is serious. With that being said, I want to run to a break. And I want to come back, and I want to touch base on what we're talking about here in the context of observation. Uh, our secret word tonight is pseudo. Um, Linda Rogley is our guest. If you haven't checked out her website, you need to. She's got a lot of great information. Uh, it's at addiva.net, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. 
For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with uh, Linda Rogley, ADD thought leader. Um, known her for years, a lot of respect for her. Um, we've been talking about people get diagnosed and being a pseudo expert. And, and Linda, I wanted to take a pause here for a second and um, just talk about in, in the world, we make observations with our senses, our eyes, what we can see, feel, touch, smell, etc. cetera. And um, in, in the world of science, uh, we aid it sometimes with a tool, a microscope, a stethoscope, a regression analysis. But these are tools, things that we use in order to take uh, things that we can't sense and bring it in some type of tangibility so we can sense it. When it comes to cognition and executive function, these are intangibles. And it's, we don't really have great tools. Um, in my practice, I use what I call attention exercises where I put people in experience to isolate different parts of executive functioning so you understand what it is. But where I'm going with this is we tend to be an observation-based society, and we, people judge ADHD symptoms as they see it. <clears throat> and one of the things that is important is if you have a pseudo-expert, there's a one-size-fits-all, but there's a need sometimes to go to professionals like Linda, myself, and other mental health people because we're basically we're schooled in, in observation. And the, I say that because I have a lot of people that I'll coach sometimes that say I've got a focus problem, and it looks like a focus problem, but actually it's a thinking problem. In other words, they're thinking inside their head, and their working memory is impaired. It's too hard, so they escape to other things. So often when you're dealing with pseudo-experts, you're dealing with symptomatic-type things that aren't necessarily there. We did an interview a, a while ago with uh, Sarah Shayette, who's a, who's a doctor who does diagnosis, and we were talking about anxiety and how anxiety is different in somebody with autism and it is with ADHD. It feels kind of the same, but having somebody that has the experience to understand those observations to help you identify your individual differences is real important. So we go back to the pseudo-expert that's maybe on Instagram or whatever or Twitter that's putting some things out there. They're sharing experiences from their particular observations, and sometimes you can get trapped in chasing those things down because you're not actually becoming self-aware of yourself and understanding kind of what's going on. And there's a danger sometimes in following some of that stuff, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it brings some negativity because, like, oh, my God, I must be more broken than everybody else. My point really here is – Professionals do this because when you've seen one person with ADHD, you've seen one, and it's helpful to go to those people who've had that experience in ADD to really help takes a lot of experience in observation. So I didn't mean to get on a soapbox uh, with this, but I think one of the crux of this show is if you've got it, get good information from people that have some experience. So anything to add to that, Linda, or, 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 or comment? You said, it, you said it brilliantly, and all I can do is, is applaud you. There I am applauding you. Um, <laughs> please, please, please do check, do, do get information that is good. And, and I just want to say one caveat. I, people who are following some Instagram ADHD quote experts unquote. Um, they have no training. They have no, you know, they they have their own background and they may have done their own research. And one woman said, "Oh, but they're pretty good. They're actually pretty good. They really, you know, tell the right. They say the right things." So it's not everyone out there who is who is presenting false information. But I just want to, I I, I just invite you to be skeptical. Yes. Just be sure that be sure that you. Um, if something resonates for you, take what you – it's like 12-step programs. Take what you need and leave the rest. And that's what I think is true for, for everyone, for everyone. And and, I, and to carry that just a little further, um, not every ADHD expert is going to resonate for you either. 
That's why there are many of us. But I actually want to say, too, that one of the reasons that so many pseudo-experts have popped up is because we don't have enough ADHD experts. Um, too many times I hear people go to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist dismisses their ADHD yes. symptoms. And they go to another psychiatrist and the psychiatrist validates their symptoms. So yes. it's... It's it's still a, it's kind of iffy out there. It's kind of wiggly and like jello. It's kind of, we're not so, solid yet. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of come at that because you know, Linda, we've been doing this for a while. I mean, I, we first started doing. I think I probably interviewed in 2009 the first time. And I have to tell you, in the last 13 years, to me, the the coming together of some base knowledge has been profound in what we've learned and how people have kind of come together. And there's a lot of people out there that have educations that are older, and they're still working off the older education. And so there's a lot of great stuff, transformational things that are happening, like the admission that uh, emotion are as much a part of ADHD as attention. And emotions aren't even in the diagnostic criteria yet. I mean, they're going to be at this point in time because all the experts do. So some of that is just antiquated education, which is all the more reason to stay current on it and, and to get the right educate and find the right people. So anyway, with that, uh, any last nugget before I we agree. close this out? No, I think you said it. I, I can't validate what you've said enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I just want to say congratulations on 13 years. That's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I remember this. Like, I'm trying to set up this thing here. You want to, you know, yep. want to play with me a little bit? <laughs> yeah. And it's well, turned you know, into a magnificent, accurate source of ADHD information. So well, if you're you. listening it's... to this podcast, then you are in the right place. <laughs> thank you so much. It was, when I first started this, I never dreamed I'd be able to come up with content because there's like 650 episodes out there right now. I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember all of them. But anyway, with that being said, Linda, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Mm, thank you for having me. I'm so, I'm so happy to be here and so happy to share information with your audience. Awesome, awesome. Check out our website, addiva.net. That is the Lendl Rogley Thought Leader. Our secret word tonight is pseudo. With that, catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.